0: wrapping over keen dragons i'm not over keen i'll dice them like a knife slicing right through an aubergine my dragon shell flow is sweeter than a soda stream you won't believe your eyes i'm like an overload of dopamine a broad sword in one hand and a magic spell in the other i'm the last of the dragonborn there's no other my brother so run for cover if you've got scales then i'm on your tail and i will off the rails i'll walk the trail through awful gales and storms of hail till all the nails are knocked into I'm not stopping till you're impaled and I prevailed in the name of the north. I pray to the Lord, you all get a taste of the blade of my sword. I'm taking on hordes of enemies. I'm facing with hordes of weaponry. The drain of my force, the chemistry comes into play with retorts and recipes. Alchemy mixing like a DJ. Restoration, restore my energy. My legacy, odyssey, elegy, prophecies written in heavenly bodies and buried with everybody. that ever did bother to mess with me, dead in them terribly, horribly. I'm a celebrity. Honestly, you're a wannabe. I'm a prodigy. The suggestion you're better than me at being a warrior? Ha! comedy. I don't just spit flames lyrically, but literally. And the Elder Scrolls are scripts in which I've written your obituary. I am the Dragon Lord, wearing a hat with Balaz horns. I'm keen on globally, you're no bad
1: at all. I just explained to you, Dan. Basically, uh, our idea for a podcast is it actually has a beginning, and a middle, and an end. And we don't just keep talking about it just because it's still around. We, we wait for the actual content, then talk about it. So. Yeah. This is actually going to be our our very last episode, our our goodbye episode and I can't think of a better way to do it than to have you on. Um so uh that's uh, that's what's going on here and uh you you remember that uh, Bethesda announced that there was no more content for Skyrim, so that's that's where we're at.
2: Yeah, okay. And then so the, really we're transitioning into maybe looking back over Skyrim and forward into TESO.
1: Yeah, and uh hopefully Fallout 4. <laughs>
2: Oh, I hadn't even thought about Fallout Four, but yeah, that would be really cool.
3: Yeah, for some of us, Fallout Four is probably what we're looking
2: for more. Is Fallout Four something that um has like is it confirmed in any way or is it just entirely speculative? It's entirely speculative. But let's talk
1: about that in the actual thing. Um so yeah. so James is gonna paste in your awesome Doverkin song at the start, um when he does the the post editing. And Okay. And so that in that case uh we'll just start recording in uh three, two, one. And so is everybody here? James can just cut out the, the intro stuff.
3: Oh, I'll just leave that in the outtakes.
1: Okay, I
2: just want to double-check that I am really recording this because, you know, bad things have happened before. Uh, tell me about it. I came back from E3 and uh, found out that half the stuff from my portable microphone uh, wasn't on my portable microphone. It hadn't been recorded, which is terrible. Oh. Oh. Yeah. And that's not something you can go back and redo. No, not so much. Luckily, the camera did have an inbuilt microphone, but obviously not quite as uh, high quality.
3: Well, Michael, we're all sitting here with bated breath. Do I need to pull my button out again? (laughs) I'm going to
4: take. You got to do a lot of interviews, uh, Dan?
2: Um, Yeah. E3, it was mainly me interviewing other people, uh, which was a new thing for me. I got. uh, Oh, hang on. Let's, let's, just, f- let's just frame
1: that from the from the start, because there's, there's heaps we can talk about, actually. Uh, okay, so uh, I guess we'll do okay, a, a cut here and begin. So, welcome to the final episode of ThuneCast, unless Bethesda surprises us with some DLC out of nowhere, or some amazing uh, like, customer user-based DLC comes out and we just have to talk about it. Um, but this is the the last one. So today... We have uh, everybody but Mackie she's not here at the moment unfortunately but we have a special guest instead we have Mr. Dan Bull of that awesome Keen rap that started the entire Elder Scrolls 5 Skyrim craze online. Say hi Dan.
2: Hello everybody. How are you doing? I don't know why I'm asking the audience how they're doing but how are you guys doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's Show not live. You. And we also have Scott and we have Austin, we have James. Say hi everyone.
3: Hey. Hey. Well, welcome to Timcast
2: Dan. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I, I know I was meant to be here a long time ago, but uh, I was saying I'm an extremely disorganized person, but I'm staying true to my word, so I'm here.
1: <laughs> Finally, it's excellent to have you on. Uh, I remember right was it right before Skyrim launched? You put out your rap.
2: Yeah, I uh, I had never played the game obviously, and there were no demos of it or anything like that. But I played uh, previous Elder Scrolls games, uh, and I was very excited for Skyrim. So when I saw the trailer, uh, I got, I, I, I nerdgasmed a little bit and I, I, dis- <laughs> I think we all did. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, despite having not played the game, I felt inspired enough to make some music just based on what I knew about it from uh, interviews with Todd Howard and, uh, and, and uh, footage from the trailers. So yeah, I wasn't expecting the, the song to do so well, but it's effectively that one video basically managed to launch me into a career of doing music about games and tech and that kind of thing so i've got uh the elder scrolls uh has done a lot for me in my life which is pretty cool
1: yeah that that song um there was i remember there was a cartoon that somebody did for for the Elder scrolls and yeah, you're probably thinking of Har- harry partridge aren't you probably and and uh it started with a, holy crap, what is this? A new Elder yes. Scrolls game? And and then your rap came along, and the hype uh, from the fans was just, just massive. I mean, I, I, I got... You added to the excitement more than more than uh, anything else that, uh, that came along, and I had that song on loop for days and days and days.
2: Yeah, I think one of the reasons it's so hyped was because it had been so long since uh, the previous game in the series, which was Oblivion. Uh, well, that came out in, what, 2006, didn't it? I think it was 2006, yeah. So it was a good, what, half a decade until Skyrim came out. People were craving more. And also, you could see that the uh, Bethesda's quality of, of RPG gaming was just going higher and higher with um, Fallout 3 coming out in between. So yeah, I I'm not surprised at all that people were so hyped for the game before it came out.
3: Yeah. Well, Michael did mention that he missed the conversation wheel desperately.
2: Uh yeah, that's the conversation true. wheel. I forgot all about that. That was a that was a <laughs> unnecessary complicated it was also extremely easy to cheat and use it to level up wasn't it because you could just spam the buttons on it and you would automatically level up you know, well, uh, I, was, speech... I, I was thinking
1: more along the lines of the the fallout series uh conversations rather than the i, I agree oh, The Oblivion right. ones were pretty bad
2: yeah because i i couldn't help myself but cheat and just uh, just keep going up to guards and stuff and just doing speechcraft games on them <laughs> which is a it, it yeah, kind a, of took me out of the immersion But because the opportunity was there to level up I was like, I, I have to do it It was a bit sad so
4: did, you, did you take advantage of the blacksmithing spamming? Because that was easy too
2: Yeah, I think if any, any loophole that I found in the game, even though I knew it was Ruining the immersion, I just <laughs> did it anyway Because I'm a weak-willed person <laughs> <laughs> Now I, I, have to,
1: I have to Put a warning out there uh, Dan, Dan warned me before we start this call That he hasn't finished the main quest line Uh, And I think this is the defining feature of Elder Scrolls games, that there are people out there who refuse to finish the main
2: main plot. Yeah, that's the thing I was saying. It's not as if I haven't played much of the game. I've sunk hundreds of hours into Skyrim, but I'm trying to do everything but the main quest, and I want to leave that. Because I want to construct this huge narrative for myself where everything else has happened in between. I don't want to just blitz through the main quest and then feel like I'm going out, going, tidying up miscellaneous things. I want it all to be part of this big adventure. So that's why, I'm basically, I'm not, I'm not using fast travel and I'm trying to do all the side quests, even all the DLC, before I finish the main quest. Okay, so what, <laughs>
3: level, what level is your character at and you haven't done fast travel? I'm really curious because I tried playing that way.
2: Yeah, I'm playing it on the hardest difficulty as well, which uh, it's not that bad now because I've leveled up, but at the beginning of the game it was pretty brutal. Oh, it's brutal, um, yeah. You're talking master yeah, yeah. I think I'm on about level sixty-nine, seventy perhaps. <laughs> I've got Wow. How much of the main more to do?
4: Sorry? How much how much of the main part have you done?
2: It's like... uh, uh let me try and remember. It has been a while since I've played now because I've been well, doing the same so work. Which
1: main story are we talking about? Because there's there's sort of two. Uh, the,
2: the, uh, the, dra- the dragon, yeah, the the dragon, dragon graybeard kind of storyline. Yeah. I've I've met the graybeards. I've met the uh, dragon on top of the mountain. I've forgotten his name. The friendly oh. dragon, Parana- yeah, Paranax. yeah. yeah. Uh, I've met him, and uh, what am I doing next? There's something else I'm doing next? There's there's a guy there's a guy who lives in a little uh, like ice cave at the very north of the oh, map, and you have yeah. to, oh, yeah. 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 So I've just opened that um, thing using was it some kind of? uh, I sound like I'm not an Elder Scrolls fan here, but it's just (laughs) outrageous. Some kind of encrypted cube or something that that opened up this this box. Yeah, I've That's how far I've got with the main quest. Well, you Mm -hmm.
3: you you probably waited too long because now you can't take advantage of the Augmentinium glitch.
2: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Ah. See, if you hadn't mentioned that, I wouldn't be any the wiser. So now <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out. <laughs> they
4: finally had a bug out of after did all Did you do that the uh, 24 gem collection quest? I can't remember what it was called now. Uh, uh, the, the the stone, isn't it Stones stuff.
2: of Barenziah yeah. or something yeah, like yeah, that? Yeah, I um, haven't got all of them yet. I, oh, all of them. I highly recommend you
1: finish that one. It It is the most OP quest reward ever. <laughs> really? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Now I one thing you mentioned to me and uh, I can't blame you for this at all is that you you sto- sort of stopped listening to some of the podcasts because it is a spoiler cast.
2: Um and and we were giving too much away because you don't wanna <laughs> know what happened. You should have released a, you should have released a censored version that just bleeped out everything as if it was swearing. <laughs> the entire that's thing would be bleeped out. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> It'd be one long bleep from start to finish, yeah, because we're that's what this podcast is.
2: Okay, well, this is going to be a special episode. I, I'm dictating now what happens, and we're not going to have spoilers today.
1: Let's <laughs> to go back to the music for a second. And, and you said that it's really taken off, and it's, and it's become a career. Uh, and, and you're selling it on iTunes, and I think I've bought uh, you know, songs off iTunes that, that you've made. And there are a lot that I really enjoyed. So I'm kind of curious, of which, which of your songs are the
2: best sellers? Is it Mass Effect, or is it Battlefield, or is it, is it Skyrim? I can actually answer your question definitively now. If I just log into my uh, distribution uh, page, I can tell you which of my songs have sold the most. I'm, I'm 99% certain that the uh, Sky, original Skyrim song is the one that's sold the most. Uh, let me have a look. Okay, I don't think I can tell you which ones have sold since the beginning of time, but in the past 365 days, let's have a look. This is going to. This is this is quite slow to load, so you may want to cut this out. I don't know. Oh, no. but yeah, I'm <laughs> pretty pretty sure that uh, the Skyrim song, which I which I the official title of is Keen is the top selling, uh, and then it is probably Mass Effect. I did one recently for. Yeah, this isn't loading. Forget this. i just have to do it. just have to tell you off the top of my head, and I think I think um, one of the top selling recent ones I did was for Dishonored, which was another Bethesda mm-hmm. uh, published game. Uh, yeah so basically if it wasn't for Bethesda's uh, game output I probably would be far less inspired and and not have as much of a career. We did uh, some Minecraft songs as well didn't you? yeah i've done i've only done one minecraft song so far i think but i've got a couple more written i want to do i i'm really into minecraft and in the open-endedness and the open world aspect of it quite a lot of the things that i like about skyrim also apply to minecraft which is just this feeling of choose your own adventure build your own not so much character building in minecraft uh, as world building but um Mm -hmm a lot of the things carry over i think i think the thing that draws me to these games is the feeling of freedom and having a a, a a whole new world at your disposal that's entirely separate from reality which you don't get as much in in kind of yeah you don't get that as much in games like call of duty and rail shooters and things like that i'm a, i'm really into exploration and and freedom
3: yeah, I think that's what Michael and I were both saying recently to each other that we were irked by Metro Last Light. It's much more on rails even than the first Metro 2033 game and that that exact feeling of openness that you get out of a game like Skyrim and even Dishonored, you know, where it's not an open world game completely, but you have complete freedom to act the way you want to act within it. You can you can decide to be ultra violent, you can decide to just be never seen.
2: Yeah, I like that. One, two one of the games well. like that yeah, uh, another game that that I really liked for that reason was uh the Hitman series specifically I think it was Blood Money, the first one on the three, Xbox 360 because it just gave you a scenario uh, for for example, I don't know a a Mardi Gras party or a, or a, an old people's home or something and it just said this person must die and that was it and you just had you just did that goal however you wanted to do it. You could do it entirely Stealthily, or you could go in there and and cause carnage, and and that I I like the creative aspect of that. I think being a creative person draws me to this kind of thing as well, because rather than just being told what to do and doing it, it's about looking at the situation and making decisions. This is really cool. I think we uh, lost you a second for that,
1: Austin. what did you say? That's a Hitman
4: Blood Money was a game for its time. It's I forget the new one, but. The new one's pretty good, too, but Blood Money's way better, in my opinion.
2: I haven't had the opportunity to play the new one yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's a little more linear, I think. I mean, I
3: haven't played any of the older ones, but everything I've read is that it's more linear.
1: So, I read that as well, yeah.
2: Disappointing. But Yeah, disappointing indeed.
1: Actually, I was kind of impressed with Tomb Raider. It was a linear game, but they, they built it in such a way that between the linear story parts were these big open areas that you could come back and explore to find all the shinies. Uh, so I, I felt that that was a really good compromise between not being fully open world and, and and being linear. But you notice that a lot of these games announced for the X-Bone and the PlayStation Four, they're all they're all open world.
2: Uh, I haven't noticed that, but uh, I mean, what some examples? Am I being stupid? I, I can't think of any now. <laughs> Uh, the Tom Clancy game, The Division um, the, Oh yeah, that looks fantastic I can't wait to get my hands on that game The, the
1: Hacker game, what one was that called? It also looked really interesting watch, watch You're dogs.
2: talking about Watch Dogs?
1: Watch Dogs, watch dogs yep yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Thief Black Flag, uh, Black Flag. Uh, A lot of these games that And some that sort of surprised me It didn't sound like they needed to be open world They were all just sort of going open world And I think it's just because they have the RAM now uh, you you yeah. look back at the problems they had on the PlayStation 3 with Skyrim, and it was all just, we just don't have the memory for this.
2: Yeah, I think and I think with those games, there probably is quite a distinct and linear storyline there, but it's just that it's set within a world that you can go and explore if, you, if you're if you so inclined, which is cool, rather than having these uh, per, perhaps it's just that invisible boundaries and, and wars are just going to become a thing of the past, because we don't really have those in real life. <laughs> um <laughs> So maybe gaming is just becoming more realistic, and open-worldness, uh, uh, open uh, for want of a better word, is just part of that.
4: There, there was some invisible walls in Skyrim They were hard to find, but if you went out looking, you could find them.
2: Yeah, if you climbed up to the top of the mountains on the very edge.
1: Or went swimming <laughs> in the ocean. Speaking of invisible walls, the Elder Scrolls Online, now you had the chance to actually play this. Uh, where was that? Is that E3 or some other event?
2: Yes, it was uh, E3 only uh, last week which was uh, it was quite cool and I, I was impressed by um how well the game played. I mean, I did I only got probably maximum of half an hour on it. So I didn't get to see the in-depths of character development and uh and fighting mechanics and customization or anything like that. I uh, the time I spent with the game I just I was walking around a small village. I think it was in uh I can't remember. the I know it was. I know it had was one of the places that had appeared in one of the first Elder Scrolls games, which I haven't actually played. But uh, yeah, they've got they've got the whole world there from all of the games. Apparently, has been remade in TESO, which is cool. So I got to walk around for a little while, explore a village, uh, talk to a couple of traders. Um, a couple of my friends were with me on the computers next to me, so we were going around as a threesome. Uh, they went off and did a little dungeon quest somewhere, and I. Um, I wasn't as interested in the dungeon quest. I just wanted to have a look at the world, and I wanted to try and see if I could swim across to the Cyrodiil mainland. <laughs> well, I didn't quite. I didn't quite manage it. Um, yeah, so yeah.
1: Sorry, in, the, in one of the DLCs, that was one of the first things Mackie tried to do when she got to, to the islands <laughs> to swim, over <laughs> <After> Morrowind. <laughs> just yeah. Sorry. Please continue. <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, I think it's a game that does encourage you to just look for the boundaries because it seems so limitless when you're in it. You, you're always thinking, well, where are the limits then? There must be some. You go and, go and look for them. But yeah, um, so the, the Elder Scrolls Online, uh, g- yeah, graphically, it, it really impressed me. I honestly, looking at it, uh, I, I couldn't really see a difference between the graphics of Skyrim on PC and TESO on PC. Um Everything just looked really crisp. I mean, I was playing on a really high-resolution monitor. It was higher than HD. I think it was 2440 by, by whatever is it. I don't know what the resolution is, but it was higher than HD anyway. Uh, so it looked really cool. It ran at a high frame rate. There were no frame drops at any point. Um, one thing where I can see it has been scaled back, uh, probably because of the fact it's an MMO and it will, too much data sending back and forth, uh, is the physics. I mean, if you... If you go up to a bookshelf and hit it, like in Skyrim, the books would go flying everywhere. On this, day, nothing happened. Um, you can't just kick over random objects and things like that. Also, the combat system wasn't uh, ragdoll physics based as it as it is in Skyrim. It's more of a uh, how it used to work in um, Morrowind, where it just you just if you were facing them and you pressed a the button, then it just measures how much damage you've done rather than being based on physics. So that's where it's been scaled back from what I can see. Did you play Uh, it in first person or third person? Um, We were were, um, encouraged to play in third person, but I wanted to play it in first person because it's an Elder Scrolls game and I wanted it. I I wanted to feel like I was simply playing an Elder Scrolls game but with my friends involved. So they were in third person, which it's optimized for. But it's very easy to move into first person. You just move the... um, the scroll wheel on the mouse forward and back as you do in a lot of MMOs, and uh, it zooms in from third person to first. Uh, it was uh, they hadn't finished coding the game, so the first person view you couldn't see the weapon in your hand, you couldn't see <laughs> your hands or anything. So
1: that's not good. <laughs> this, this does concern no. me a little bit that their the target audience here is essentially not Elder Scrolls players. They're they're going after MMO players. And I, I, I kind of worry. You know, are, are the quests going to be banal World of Warcraft? Warcraft go yeah. fetch twenty chicken. To, you know, there were some quests like that in Skyrim too, and I could, I could easily see them just putting in a, a lot of that stuff for low level character development, which, to me, is not the the point of Elder Scrolls ever.
2: Yeah, the part of the game that we were put in, I think it was at uh, around about level six, uh, and we saw a couple of quests. One of them involved going to find a cave and killing some stuff that was in the cave, which is pretty standard MMO fare, but it's also pretty standard Elder Scrolls fare, I guess. Uh, another quest w- involved um, going around a village and, and talking to various tradespeople about, uh, I think it was about a crime that had been committed, working out who'd committed the crime or something. and okay. then. uh putting you had to put various items on a shrine and then activate the shrine if i remember rightly that may not be right i've, I've seen a lot of games in the past week so um it, no, nothing stood out as uh, as an amazing quest i mean one of the best elder scrolls quests i can remember that really made me say wow was in uh was in oblivion when you when you uh, an artist went missing and you had to go and find him inside his painting oh, right, yeah I probably remember all one. played that that was yeah cool so I didn't see anything like that in my uh, in the short space of time I played, where I thought, "Wow, this is taking this is taking uh, MMO questing to a new level." One, one but then I I only saw a tiny amount of it, so I, I don't want to be too judgmental yet. One thing that always impressed me in
1: Elder Scrolls games, uh, through the entire series, is you know, okay, so you need to go to this other city to investigate this ancient ruin nearby, and because somebody wanted you to do something with it. But on the on the way. You want to pass a cave entrance and there's a guy there he tells you to get lost. The game goads you into things a lot in in classic elder scrolls and, and skyrim where you know they tell you you can't do that you go away this is our place or we'll we'll hurt you. And then you sort of turn around and go, oh, really? (laughs) Well, how about I hurt you and take all your stuff?
3: Well, probably the best example of that, which is slightly different, but the best example in Skyrim of that, I think, is when you're doing some random quest, you're cleaning a dungeon out of bandits or Krogger, and you pick up Meridia's beacon. (laughs) Yeah. And And out of nowhere, you get given a quest to go cleanse her temple.
2: I don't think I've I've actually found this quest yet. It, it's place, randomly placed. Best. The
1: beacon is randomly placed in the dungeon, so eventually you'll run a, run across it.
4: That's yeah. that, that is an awesome quest cuz that gets you the my favorite sword in the game, which was you know. On, the
1: but you can yeah. also if you go to her her shrine, she will tell you where the beacon is and you can go and get it. Uh so you can kind of start that quest in two different ways.
2: Is this a quest where you end up being beamed into the sky and you become some ethereal while she's talking to you? Yeah. yeah. Is that it? Yes, I have done it, actually. Uh, it was a <laughs> while ago, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, perhaps there will be plenty of things like that in, uh, in the Elder Scrolls Online, but uh, I had such a limited exposure to it. And the other thing to remember is that, I mean, the, the game on launch will probably be very different to what the game's going to be like when they've had some some player feedback and they've worked out what people like and don't like. Uh, online games tend to evolve a lot based on the community's uh, response to them. So hopefully, it's going to be a game that all these rough edges will be polished and uh, uh, and it will turn out to to be really well playable. How closely it sticks to the the way that previous Elder Scrolls games have played with them, considering it's an MMO, I don't know. But uh, I'm hoping as an Elder Scrolls fan that it will be playable. However we want to play it, because that's I mean that's whenever you see interviews with Todd Howard and stuff he 's always their mantra seems to be play however you want to play and be who you want to be, so hopefully that is the thing that carries over into it yeah, I have my doubts i mean from the get go you have to pick a class and uh that's Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's not that's not really play how you want to play it. And also yeah, that seems like a step back because I really liked in Skyrim how at the, uh, the beginning of the game you were only given very rudimentary choices and it was you developed your character just by playing how your character would play. And then the game sort of learned what kind of a person you were. Yeah. And uh, that would have been good. Yeah, yeah I, will,
3: a... I will cut them a little slack on that, just in the sense that Skyrim is the, the only Elder Scrolls game that wasn't class-based, so it's not like it's a, he- it's a step back from where things got to in Skyrim, but you could almost consider it a return to what they used to do.
1: Yeah, but then when everybody jumps up and down and says, this is the best stuff ever, you probably should stop and go, mm, well, maybe we should put that in the new game as well.
3: No, I won't disagree with you. I'll just cut him a little bit of slack on it, but a little bit. I I guess the question I had, Dan, is did you get any hints from Bethesda at E3 as to what the timing for this is?
2: Um, I didn't talk to anyone at all about the timing. I was more interested in the the actual contents of the game itself. So I I honestly don't know anything about the timing of it. Um, One thing that uh, um, may give a small clue in some way, I don't know, was that I was trying to film the screen of the game and they wouldn't let me film any of the gameplay, which uh, would imply per- perhaps that the game is still in sort of the early stages of development and they don't want it to be seen too much, which means it's probably got a good way to go. Uh, but I do have some footage on my on my camera, which they, I probably ought not to publish if I want them <laughs> to have anything to do with me. But I got some great footage of a glitch that I found of... Uh, I was just walking around and I looked up in the sky and there was a a levitating uh, goat or a deer in the sky that was completely... Yeah, it was completely invincible, Uh, couldn't do anything to it, and it was just... It was levitating, but it it looked as if it was on the ground, you know, just looking around nonchalantly, chewing on invisible grass, so uh, that that amused me. I've got the footage of it, but I probably (laughs) shouldn't publish it. But
3: that's how we know it's a Bethesda game.
1: Yeah, it's clearly (laughs) Elder Scrolls, right (laughs) there. Well, so one thing that kind of... with the longevity of Elder Scrolls Online, you know a lot of these MMO games. Once you get to a certain level, they pretty much the game is a bait and switch. Suddenly, you're no longer playing story stuff, and now you're in the vast war. Which, in the case of Elder Scrolls Online, they've got the three factions, so it's a three sided war, which could be interesting. But in reality, uh, like the Star, the latest Star Wars, uh, the Old Republic. Once you got through the story stuff, and the story stuff was fantastic. And you just sort of dumped into, okay, now you're light side versus dark side, Jedi versus Sith. And the game was no longer fun. Elder Scrolls games are massive. So I kind of have this hope that the hundreds of hours that we got out of Skyrim will be there in the Elder Scrolls Online well before you have to get involved in any of the three-faction warring stuff. And maybe you could choose to go and do that earlier if you want to. But you could, in theory, just keep exploring the land for thousands of hours of interesting stories. See, I don't know where you get this hundreds I, of I hours I hope
2: that's the case.
3: I, I, I don't know where you get the hundreds of hours business because I've already invested a couple thousand in Skyrim.
1: <laughs> well, exactly. That's kind of my point. Whereas uh, the the Old Republic, you you had a story for each game player class. And once you got through that, there was nothing more. You, you are now level... 50 or whatever it was go and fight in the arenas or go and fight on the battlefields and and the same is actually true of World of Warcraft and all the World of Warcraft players have to sit around twiddling their thumbs for a half year until the next expansion comes out for some story stuff and and I think that's that's where they lose the non World of Warcraft crowd is 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 right there that divide between a game that that gives you lots of exploration and story and a game where you're PvPing <laughs>
2: Yeah, well, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that it'll it will be focused on the on the story mode, and that the PvP will be an entirely sort of optional extra, which people who enjoy PvP can do. I'm basing this on uh, I played Guild Wars two for a while, and the PvP parts of the game seemed quite separate from just the uh, PVW and the storyline of the, of the game. It didn't seem like you were dumped out into PvP once the once uh, you'd finished everything else. Although, having said that, I never got very far in Guild Wars 2, so that might not be the case.
4: I remember it being the case in World of Warcraft. Uh, once you got to a certain point, you've completed the storyline thing. Yeah, you're told to go play PvP, and that, that was like the main part of the game, but that was always boring to me because I don't like PvP. I like cooperation games and uh, exploration like you, Dan, and... Yeah, the, the, it's very boring the PvP stuff. So I hope that's not well. The the,
2: the world versus world stuff in Guild Wars Two was apparently more. It is more how the uh, Elder Scrolls Online is going to work. So um, you can actually see that I interviewed the PvP designer on my channel. I've forgotten his name now, but he was telling me that uh, there's something for every playstyle, even in the PvP stuff, because it's team-based combat or or faction-based combat rather than one-on-one. So. You, they'll need people to man the catapults and the ballistas at the back, or they'll need people to go up front and, and provide sort of barbarian style of combat or archers and things like that. So even within the confines of player versus player battle, you'll still be, be more likely to find your niche there. It's going to be weird, though, having the Thieves Guild be 50,000 members strong. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because, let's well, face I, it, everyone's going to do the Thieves Guild questline, and a bunch of people will yeah. do the Assassins too, but but the Thieves Guild, for sure, absolutely, definitely.
4: Um, do they I talk anything would... about monthly events on, the, on their MMO?
2: Not so far, no. They they were seemed more interested in just what was already in the game. I mean, I guess there's going to be... Plenty of that kind of stuff happening, but uh, didn't hear anything about it.
4: I hope just the, the PvP battles are just less manic because I remember them. I would never be. I was. was having trouble figuring out what the heck was going on uh, during World of Warcraft. So I hope the battles in uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online are, are a lot uh, easier to figure out what you're doing.
2: Yeah, I yeah. think that's another aspect of MMO games that that puts off uh, uh, single player. RPG players it's just the fact that there's so much stuff to pay attention to on the screen. You need map awareness, you need to know where your teammates are, you need to know what everyone's cooldowns are. Um, that's not enjoyable for me, so hopefully it's, it's been streamlined a bit for this. You know what's really strange about that actually? Uh,
1: there was When they announced that they were doing a first-person view in Elder Scrolls Online, all of the Elder Scrolls fans were like, "Yay!" <laughs> but then I was reading through the comments on Kutaku and Polygon, and there was two sets of there was two sets of comments. There was the Elder Scrolls fans saying, "Yes, this is the best thing ever," and then there were all these sort of MMO RPG, World of Warcraft fans who were interested in the Elder Scrolls saying, "Oh, this is a terrible idea. They'll have to separate third person from first person service because it would be unfair. The third person people will know what's going on around them, and the first person won't know anything." <laughs> and I'm, I'm just sort of scratching my head, going, "Have these people?" never like, acquired any first-person shooter skill at all, that's just not the case, the, the, that there is some sort of mystical advantage to being in third-person view. And, in fact, I, I find I, I love the immersion of being in first-person way more than third-person.
3: The only place third-person gives you a huge advantage is if you're playing a game like Dragon Age Origins where you can pull back and get a tactical view of the whole battlefield and then, more importantly, pause it.
0: Yeah, I guess also, it's
2: also important in a, in a more team-based game. For example, if you're a healer, then you want to see the people around you a bit. Maybe you, you can see them a bit better. But um, yeah, I'd be happy to play on a server where first person was locked in and then there wouldn't be any complaints. Um, hopefully there will be different... I mean, going by existing games, there are servers for more serious players and then there's servers for role players and combat-based players. So hopefully that'll, there'll be different options for different play styles. They
4: could, for the first person mode, heighten the senses and hearing for your player. Like you can hear someone coming from farther away unless you're in third person.
2: That would be really cool. Um, I have no idea whether they've thought of that, but I, that would be a good compensation for seeing less of the, of the world around you at once.
1: So parting thoughts for Skyrim. I mean, there's, there's nothing more left to be released. You haven't finished the game yet. Uh, and and like like James said, you know, we've all put thousands of hours into this game. Uh, I'm personally looking forward to Fallout 4 when it becomes less of a rumor and more of something real. Uh, but uh, Skyrim, I I loved it. I mean, it it has been a fantastic game.
2: I think even if you finished uh, all the quests and and got all the achievements in Skyrim. It's a it's an infinitely replayable game because you can then just go back and do it in an entirely different way. I don't think it's a game where when you have finished it's finished. It's just a game that you can carry on playing for as long as you want. So even Especially though there's no there's no more DLC, quest. you can carry on. I mean, yeah, there's and the whole mod scene as the well. The mod scene, yeah.
1: The workshop. I mean, there's always been the mod scene for Bethesda games, but and uh, and I've always I was always a supporter of the. The, the mod website uh, I've forgotten what it's called now Nexus yeah the Nexus website yeah I've always I, I always really enjoyed those but but when they added the Steam Workshop it was a no brainer I'm sorry Nexus Steam Workshop is better <laughs> <laughs> oh no I can't get the nude models oh no uh, <laughs> but but having all of those mods got me into a lot of trouble at one point where I lost my character because of mods uh, being incompatible with game changes.
3: That was the famous heat death episode we did.
1: Yeah, and, and but you know, that adds so much more to the game. Uh, I, I mean, I had just gotten so much more out of the game because of all the mods. And whenever you reach one sort of facet of the game that starts annoying you, like, okay, the merchants don't have enough money and I pull in 100,000 gold every time I play and I can only sell 10,000 of it. Okay, there's a mod for that.
2: I think the modding community is a brilliant thing for any game, really. If a developer is savvy, they should be looking very closely at what modders are doing and incorporating that into the next game. So hopefully we'll see with Fallout 4 that they've looked very carefully at what, how people are trying to improve Skyrim and perhaps make those elements of the game in the first place rather than requiring modders.
1: I am really excited for Fallout 4 based on the Skyrim engine. Uh, you know that the way they pulled away all of the the HUD for the most part and and just made it much more immersive. That in Fallout, oh yeah,
2: <laughs> I did notice it was, it was some... a lot more smooth, wasn't it? Yeah, I did notice they
1: were
4: using some things that uh, were in Fallout Three when I was just started recently playing it. Like the, the when you get a quest and that little scroll thing goes across, and um, I forget what else, but there there were some aspects that I noticed. Well, it's the same engine.
3: It's the same quest engine, same all stuff.
2: I, I almost Going think back. of them as extensions of the same game, really. It's just that <laughs> one seems one set in sort of a distant alternative past and one set yeah. in a distant alternative future. That's, yeah, that's an interesting D- Different planets
1: as well. Temporary is <laughs> <laughs> not Yeah. yeah.
2: You, you get the entire, you get the, the same the... feeling of exploration and, and character development from both games. So I'm equally excited about both franchises.
1: Yeah. I, I really dislike having to wait <laughs> for more, but the games have been so good. I mean, Fallout Three, Fallout New Vegas. New Vegas wasn't made by Bethesda, but of, you know, based on the same engine, the
2: same, same world, etc. Uh, and that Sky- reminds me of another thought I had. Now, <laughs> it's probably entirely in my head, me being hopeful, but whilst uh, Fallout Three was out, Obsidian had been working hard on. Um, Fallout New Vegas. Now, I I, I have a fantasy in my head that while Skyrim has been being played, Obsidian are now secretly developing another Elder Scrolls game based on the same engine. I don't think so. They're
4: doing doing Project Eternity right now.
1: Have you seen that,
2: Project Eternity, on Kickstarter? Uh, I haven't, no, but I'll go and check it out.
1: It looks very interesting. Uh, um, It is a sort of top down party game, Um, almost like Dragon Age Origins, except more pulled back all the time. but it is a, a, an open world RPG in in the Fallout style. Uh, it's, the,
3: it's the fantasy
4: RPG they, those
3: guys wanted to build.
2: Okay,
1: I'll go and check it's
4: that like out. A,
2: because, uh, yeah, yeah.
4: It's like Baldur's Gate uh, and Icewind Dale games as well.
2: And they're I didn't get onto the RPG bandwagon until quite late, so I'm not used to the sort of top down uh, turn based RPGs as much as I am into action RPGs. Um, It's something I certainly want to go and explore. Did
1: did you ever play Dragon Age
2: Origins? No, I really want to play it, but I just haven't had the opportunity so far. Well, I
1: recommend that if you do play it, do not play Dragon Age 2. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, because it is oh, that, God. that it is a massive betrayal of the franchise it the wow. game completely changes the the mode of game the, the the graphic style the combat the storytelling just just about everything changes uh, it's, it's and it's
3: horrible if if you can is, imagine the two minute hate from uh, various political movies that's what michael's engaged in right now
4: <laughs> just, <very laughs> <debate about> <laughs> just right play right boulders gate you'll be a lot
2: happier no Dragon <laughs>
4: Age
1: Origins was fantastic <laughs> <laughs> i love it um they, no,
4: there's you a bunch you, of
2: games. you should um, as part of this, the final Zoomcast, you should make a um, a playing list for people uh, to how how people should spend their time until the next uh, <laughs> the next Bethesda <laughs> flagship RPG comes out. You should, should make a little homework list. <laughs> Dishonored is good. I I enjoyed it. I didn't. Feel it didn't have quite the epic scope as a as an Elder Scrolls or a Fallout game, but it was a, a solid title. No, but what was really interesting
1: was that Bethesda was the publisher, so it's like they deliberately picked up a game that fitted
2: their idiom. Yes, it definitely it definitely seems like a Bethesda game, even though it, it was developed. Uh, I can't remember who developed Arcane, it. Now, but actually, Arcane Studios. But, yeah, I met the two guys who. Um, who were in charge of the project and I've forgotten their names as well now which is bad one of the, one of them worked on uh, Half-Life 2 uh, and this is awful I probably should just retract everything I've said now because it's offensive that <laughs> I've met them and forgotten but their they, names they, they were the
1: original Thief developers as well Yeah, and now there's a new Thief coming out by the guys who made Deus Ex Human Revolution which was also an awesome game uh, so there
2: are, there are a lot of really good games coming up I would say we're spoilt for choice, really. Um, I remember being younger and waiting, waiting for a good game to come out, and now it seems like there are too many games, and I can't play all the games that I want to play. So these movie games—they're either they're either really good or, or really bad. Like Tomb Raider was
1: fantastic, but Last Light not quite so much. Um, but you don't get as much out of those games. Uh, Tomb Raider, I, I had 100% of it in two in two days.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm keeping my eye a lot more on the indie scene. I mean, in, indie gaming is still probably in its infancy, but it looks like the most exciting place for new t- styles of gameplay and, and, and innovation compared to AAA titles.
4: Yeah, there's a lot of games coming out on uh, that are being funded through Kickstarter that I'm interested in, like uh, Shadowrun and uh, Shadowgate. And Project Eternity, and then there's Hero U, and there's just a lot of games. So
1: it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Kickstarter. Scott's our go-to guy for Kickstarter games right now. He's really <laughs> into it. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm sort of more
2: skeptical. I'm going to sit back and watch and see what Scott thinks. (laughs) Yeah. I like to give a game, I I like to to wait until a game's been out for a while so that they can tidy up all the glitches and bugs and stuff and then once it's once it's stood the test of time for a while then I'll give it a go.
0: Mm -hmm. That's Sage. You don't really have to worry about that unless EA publishes it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think now it's time to say goodbye. This this has been a really fun podcast, Doomcast. We never expected to get so many people listening, and the Facebook group was a, a, a real surprise as well, having all those people chatting about Skyrim all the time. Uh, we really enjoyed it. We thank everybody who, who has listened and contributed to the show very much. Uh, so I, I just unfortunately, Mackie's not here to say goodbye, but I think everybody should have a chance to say goodbye, and we will be back for Fallout 4, 100%, and if Bethesda manages to put out a great Elder Scrolls Online game, we'll see as well.
3: Yeah, and I'd like to say thanks, the same as Michael. Thank you for all the people who listened to the podcast and contributed so greatly to the Facebook group. It was a very pleasant surprise on our part.
4: I agree with Michael and James. This was a great opportunity. Um, we grew pretty big and had a lot of fun. I agree, so, thank I had a lot guys. of fun.
2: I ought them. to just say thanks for inviting me onto the show. Uh, thanks for providing uh, such a great, uh, a great podcast full of, uh, for people that are really into the show. And I, I'd also probably like to thank the developers of the game themselves, Bethesda, for giving us so many hours of fun. And hopefully we'll get you back again, Dan. Maybe you'll do a song about Fallout 4 when it comes out. I'm pretty sure I'll be excited enough about it once it's announced that that some music will be forthcoming quite quickly. So I wouldn't <laughs> worry about that. Excellent.
1: Uh, Well, if you wanted to subscribe to the iTunes feed, even though this is the last episode and you haven't yet, you can do so on uh, iTunes. You can also join the Facebook group. There are still people there chatting about Skyrim and probably will till the end of time. Uh, You can also follow us on Twitter to find out when we start doing our next podcast and what it's going to be called. It may be called that podcast again. We shall see. Uh, and there's also a, a Steam group, and you can find all these links and more at www.joroba.com. That's dot rcom slash Doomcast, T-H-U-U-M-C-A-S-T. Wow, it's been a, a real pleasure. So thank you, everybody. Thank
2: you. Talos, guide you.